0: Welcome to this edition of PYP Voices where we'll be exploring health and well-being with educator Anthony Giorgio. Anthony has a wealth of experience in the field of physical and health education from the PYP all the way through to the Diploma Programme. He's also a member of the IB Educator Network, a workshop leader and is currently studying for a Masters in Professional Kinesiology in Toronto. We recorded our conversation at the PYP Subject Symposium, where Anthony joined us to lend his experience and expertise to the review of the PYP Scope and Sequences, with a focus on personal, social and physical education. We started our conversation by considering the current focus on health and well-being in the media, and the wealth of research on leading happier, healthier lives, and the opportunities this offers for learning in the primary years.
1: The conversation has been started and I think that's one of the most important things around health and well being is, is there is this sense of, of of the holistic nature of health and well-being being taken more seriously, I think, as a society, um, and that opens the door to you know what we do in in physical education, physical and health education. Um, it really starts to bring the conversation towards the legitimacy of what we do. We're now starting to really recognize the importance that you know a quality phys ed program can have in a school and the effect that it can have on the health and well-being of children. So. It's great that the conversation has been started and it's in society, it's in social media, it's in the news, it's everywhere. Now it's really up to schools to start making it kind of a central practice to what they do on a day-to-day basis.
0: From your experience, you've had experience in the PYP, NYP and DP context, so you've worked for different schools, different settings. What is it that a school can do to recognise that foundational element of physical and health education?
1: Yeah, so I think really schools need to start thinking of it thinking of health and well-being as something central to learning. Um, When we're disengaged for whatever reason, because it's, we're, you know, we're understimulated in terms of how much movement we do, Um, when we're overstimulated in terms of how much work we do, These things all affect the child's ability to learn and I think we want our students to learn as much as possible. Um, And when we start to have too many variables that affect them in terms of what they're actually capable of doing at school, this really pushes them um, away from being engaged at school and and health and well-being and and movement and exercise and fitness, whatever you want to call it, it, it's a really easy way to draw kids back in because Kids love to do that stuff. I think it, kids are naturally curious about, you know, moving their body, and and especially in the early years, um, these are just things that they do naturally. And I think if we can cultivate that passion within them from a young age, it can have a, a, a knock-up effect. In this case, all the way up into the DP.
0: So if we think about forming those healthy habits and healthy mindsets and approaches to learning um, in a PYP context, what might that look like from early years onwards?
1: The one, one thing I, I really appreciate with the early years focus is, is the, the the role of play. Um, I think play is it's a it's a way of making sense of the world. If you've ever seen a young child engaging in play, you, you realize that there are no boundaries. They don't really think there's no time. Um, it's endless. They just do it, and it's a social interaction with themselves, with others, um, it's with the world that they live in. And I think those are the types of things that you know we 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 allow for it when children are three to six, and we, it's something that's fundamental to their learning. And then at some point, when they turn seven, we, we start saying, well, play is no longer important. And I think that's, that, that's missing the point of the role of play. And I think play is fundamental for learning. That social interaction, it's its, it's really aligned with the development of the brain at the time. Um, and movement plays a critical role in this development of the brain. I think the, the motor cortex is in this this formative period between two and seven. And and the motor cortex, you develop a lot of these skills, coordination, um, balance, agility. These are the fundamental skills for not only sports success, I think, as you get older, um, but just success in general in terms of movement. Um, We talk a lot about movement ecology. So are schools inviting to students? Um, Do schools permit for students to move around freely in the classroom? Do they permit for them to move around freely um, in their hallways? Uh, I see a lot of um, hopscotch and kind of footsteps going in hallways now in elementary schools because it just that invites movement and if mm. you put that down kids will move um, you you have a hopscotch thing there I guarantee <laughs> there's some kids that are going to hopscotch throughout the halls so it's, it's small things like this that help to change the environment in which students are spending you know eight hours a day in and, and it makes starts to make movement just a habit something that they do because it's just something that they do as a human being it's not something that they have to go to the gym and do and that's the only time they ever do it um, so, it's really getting schools to rethink what the role of movement and what the role of play is within them, and then obviously creating the ecology within the school to be able to permit for that um, as much as possible.
0: I love this idea of an invitation to move, and I wonder whether you feel that's something that schools are able to do as, as effectively with the staff yeah. because there is an argument that says, you know, if you're going to help. Um, young students to flourish and you want to embed this mindset of healthy habits and healthy activity and physical and health literacies, then you need to be living that philosophy yourself what's your experience of that with with educators in general
1: yeah i think modeling behavior is an incredibly powerful tool um, within a school you know when you are demonstrating that on a daily basis and you're playing with the kids and you're modeling those behaviors that you want to instill or help cultivate within them they really gravitate towards you both girls and boys Um, at the same time i think being a leader and taking kind of ownership over that realm so the movement realm or health and well-being whatever you want to call it Within amongst your peers or your colleagues, in this case, I think that's a really important, um, a really important function that a phys ed teacher can play in a school. Mm. You know, running PD sessions where you're doing some sort of active, active um, engagement. So for instance, a very simple one that I think anybody can do at any time, you don't need uh, special clothing on to do it, it's just walk and talk. So getting people up and walking and chatting, you know, having a small chat, a five minute break, getting up, moving around the classroom, um, you know, doing see, think wonders on the wall, wonder wall, like there's so many different learning strategies or learning engagements that you can do that promote movement. and. One thing that I've been talking about a lot, uh, one of my professors, I, I really love this term, and I'm going to take it from him now, is, is movement hygiene. And m- the suggestion with this, with this term of movement hygiene is that movement is something that we do as a daily practice. It's something that when we think of hygiene, we think of brushing our teeth, we think of you know, washing our face, washing our hands. It's things that we do to just maintain our general health. Um, and what I want to start getting across is the message that movement hygiene is something that we need to start promoting in schools. Where we move because it helps us do other things. It moves we move because it helps us just be healthier in general. It moves because it connects us to others. There's so much that we can do around movement that that can just become part of the daily fabric of the school or, or the, the habits mm. that we're instilling in our children. And I think that's one. It's a shift in mindset. Obviously, um, it takes someone to take that ownership or the leadership over you know, helping to get people to understand why we're gonna do this, but at the same time, it's a role, I think a critical role that a phys ed teacher can play within a school and really start to almost bring legitimacy to what they do um, and to what they do with their students on a daily basis.
0: And talking about movement here seems like the overarching concept, but within that I can see many related concepts which would perhaps offer a way in to really embed physical and health education uh, or PSPE, throughout the program of inquiry. And I wonder, how have you seen that done successfully?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think interaction is a really good way um, to view movement, especially in, at the PYP level, because like I said before, it movement, gives you a way of interacting with your world right and and it connects to something like how we express ourselves right people express themselves through dance um, they express themselves through movement through the physical movement whether it's a sport um, whether it's some sort of other creative you know circus art or any of those things there's so many ways that we interact with our world um, through movement and i think think getting students to start to think about the physical interaction, just how you engage with your environment—that's an interaction, right? So getting students to understand that, even environment, right? Environment is another uh, related concept that we do in MYP, but it, again, it has the same um, translation to the PYP, where students are starting to understand that, you know, regardless of the environment that you're in, there are ways that you can actually embed movement within your environment. And like I was saying, the kinesthetic classroom, where you have flexible seating, right, where kids can sit on a beanbag. Um, I have a friend. Uh, who teaches in, in, in Canada, and they've put a, a stationary bike in the classroom. And anytime a student feels like they need to move or get some energy out, they go on the bike. And they've turned it into almost this competition to, to cycle across Canada and to accumulate a certain amount of kilometres. So things like that where you're adding some element to it where there's a challenge, um, that engages kids. And kids are, you know, they start. it, it becomes a normalised behaviour. And I think that's a really important... Um, point that I want to get across is that the more we do it and the more we connect it to the world that we live in, the more normalized the movement becomes. And the more it just, it, like I said, it just becomes part of your daily habit or your daily practice.
0: And actually, you also mentioned in an earlier conversation about connecting it to the self, yeah. like the actual essence of yep. who we are yeah. and our place in the world. And in looking at it through that lens opens up a wealth of opportunities to bring, you know, identity, interactions and active living throughout the program yeah. of inquiry
1: i'm a very big proponent for the concept of physical literacy and, and this whole concept is about the self it's about developing the physical self right or the physical domain of health the effect of the behavioral and the cognitive and it's seeing the self as 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 a whole, right, there there are these four distinct parts, but at the same time, they're not distinct, they're very interconnected in nature. Um, And movement and developing a movement practice and improving your competence in movement and becoming more confident at movement and knowing a bit more and understanding a bit more about movement, all of these things help to develop physical literacy and physical literacy, As much as it really is a concept, it is a journey. It's something that we are continually on a path to developing. Um, I just went into a school, into my wife's school actually in Toronto and and spoke to the grade fives who are just starting to engage in their PYP exhibition kind of exploration. And the transdisciplinary theme is who we are. So I, I essentially talked to them about physical literacy and said, you know, whatever your exhibition topic is, it all comes back to yourself and how you engage with that topic, and and in some way, shape, or form, we can connect it back to the physical self, the affective self, the behavioral, the cognitive, and we can make connections between those four domains. And I think as a teacher, if that is part of your guidance and that is part of kind of your how you design your curriculum, how you implement your curriculum, it always comes back to the self, and and you know, agency is a big part of of you know what what the PYP is really starting to promote and really starting to. You know, it's at the center of, of, it's at the heart of learning. And I think, again, it goes back to developing that self-identity, that self-efficacy to be able to take action in your life. And, you know, when it comes to movement, that's what we want kids to do. We want movement to become a behavior, we want it to become a habit. Um, And really, it is about, you know, all of these principles reinforcing that, whether it's implicitly or explicitly, I think they all play a role in it. And I think movement can play a very important role in developing the learner and developing the agency of the learner uh, in the PYP.
0: That's an extremely powerful way of thinking about it. Um, And you've really, um, you've weaved in so many great examples of how people, um, educators, could literally go back to their classroom today and just slightly change something to look at things through the lens of of health and well-being and phys ed. Um, can you just recap a few of those now? If I'm, I'm sure. you know, I'm going into my classroom, I want to do something that's easy but tangible that would really make a difference. What could I do?
1: Yeah, I think I think the first place I would start, and and my wife's a kindergarten teacher, and I have a three-year-old, so those children especially need to move I mean this is this is a, I think a non-negotiable they
0: can't um, help it right they can't help it <laughs>
1: it is it is it's literally it's just something that they do without even thinking and I think whether you're an early years teacher or whether you're a grade five teacher it's a lot of age groups um, a lot of different developmental milestones are being hit throughout the pyP but I think at the, at the heart of it is just improving the movement ecology, changing your classroom around, making allowing for movement to happen, right? The rigidity of school, of, of the structure of classrooms, right? Having desks in a row, that's not, that doesn't invite movement, right? But if you open the space up and you have areas where kids can actually go and move around and interaction is is embraced and is, is promoted in your classroom, like getting up and even just walking to the other side of the class to talk to someone and then walking, all of those minutes or seconds add up throughout the day, right? And, and that's just one small thing that if you did it on a daily basis and you allowed for children to move around freely within the classroom or doing those walk and talks in, in the hallways or whatever it is, those are small ways that movement can add up throughout the day. So that, was, that, that really is where I would get any teacher to start because it's a very simple way. It's a, it's a reimagining of what school can look like, what a classroom can look like.
0: Uh, what a great way to kind of start a a kind of school inset or professional learning by reimagining as you say the whole learning space of a school as an invitation to move
1: yeah i think so
0: a big thank you to anthony for joining us on pyp voices and for sharing his thoughts on the foundational importance of physical and health education join us next time where we'll be bringing the pyp to life through more educators passions and practices